He tried to force what was refused him. Since he was unpleasing, he made it his resolve to please. He was sensual and persuaded himself that he was in love. The girl of his choice treated him badly. He had reason to believe that his rivals were more favoured, but the girl was poor. The heart which remained closed to his addresses would perhaps open to his presence, but he himself was oppressed by poverty, and the vain endeavour to make his outward appearance striking swallowed up what little he gained from a poor business. Too unenterprising and too ignorant to help out his decayed circumstances by speculation, too proud and also too weakly to exchange the position of master which he had hitherto occupied for that of labourer and to renounce his cherished freedom. He saw only one way out of his difficulties, which thousands before and after him have taken with better success, the way of stealing honestly. His native town was on the borders of a woodland belonging to the sovereign. He turned poacher and the proceeds of his depredations found their way faithfully into the hands of his sweetheart. One of Joan's admirers was Robert, a keeper under the forester. He was not long in noticing the advantage which his rival's liberality had gained over him, and with an evil eye he began to search for the source of this alteration. He presented himself more assiduously at the sun. This was the sign of the inn. His spying eye, sharpened by jealousy and envy, soon showed him where the money came from. A short time previously, a stringent edict against poachers had been revived, which condemned the transgressor to the House of Correction. Robert was indefatigable in following up the secret tracks of his enemy, and at last he did succeed in taking the unwary man red-handed. Wolf was arrested and it was only after much trouble and the sacrifice of all his little means that he was able to have his sentence commuted by payment of a fine. Robert triumphed. His rival was beaten off the field, and Joan had no more favours for a beggar. Wolf knew who his enemy was, and that this enemy was the happy possessor of his Joanna. A crushing sense of poverty, combined with offended pride, need and jealousy, united to attack his lacerated feelings. Hunger urged him out into the wide world. Revenge and passion held him where he was. A second time he turned poacher, but a second time Robert's redoubled vigilance was too much for him. This time he experienced the full rigour of the law, for he had nothing more to give, and in a few weeks he was committed to the county jail. His year's imprisonment was served. His fondness had grown with absence, and his stubbornness had increased under the weight of misfortune. Scarcely had he regained his freedom, when he hastened to his native place to show himself to his Joanna. He appeared. He was shunned on every hand. The pressure of want had at length broken his high-mindedness and overcome his feebleness. He offered himself to the well-to-do of the place, and would be content to serve for a daily wage. The peasant shrugged his shoulders at the slim weakling. The coarse-boned frame of his sturdy competitor supplanted him with the unsentimental master. He ventured a last attempt. There was still one office vacant, the last forlorn outpost of an honourable reputation. He applied to be the herd of the little town, 
but no peasant would trust his swine to a good-for-nothing. Disappointed in all his plans, rejected everywhere, he turned poacher a third time, and for the third time he had the ill luck to fall into the hands of his watchful enemy. This double relapse had aggravated his crime. The judges looked into the book of the law, but not one of them looked into the state of mind of the accused. The decree against poachers demanded a solemn and exemplary punishment, and Wolfe was condemned to have a gallows mark branded upon his back and to three years' penal servitude. This period passed also, and he came away from the convict prison, but utterly changed from what he had gone in. From this point dates a new epoch of his life. Listen to himself as he made his confessions to his spiritual adviser and in court.